Hey y'all, it's your girl Michelle and A, and you're tuned in to Christ Over Culture, the podcast for Christian millennials. Welcome to the Boss Series. This year we're introducing different topics over the course of the year, and the first one is about being a boss. So we'll talk to Christian entrepreneurs in this series, CEOs, corporate climbers, and side hustlers to get their perspective on what it takes to be a boss in their field with God on their side. So the first boss that we're talking to today is Jared Rector. Jared and I met back in 2014. I joined a ministry at my church mentoring. And so Jared actually happened to be one of the leaders over it. And from then, I knew he was a boss. So fast forward three years later, Jared has a beautiful wife, three adorable boys, and a budding food truck business called Stuffed Wings. So obviously a lot has taken place leading up to the start of Stuffed Wings, and we'll have an opportunity to talk to Jared about that today. So, Jared, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. I'm so excited that we were actually able to get you on a Saturday, because right. I know that's a busy Food yeah, truck day. Exactly. That's money making day. <laughs> yeah. So thank you for spending a few minutes with us today. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. I really enjoy this movement that you do in Christ culture. You know, I see it when I thought about it and seeing you doing, I think, I think it was about two or three years ago at New Year's Eve. And I was like, wow, like that's going to be big because it's like we need something like that for, you know, the culture of the kingdom for people to know what the culture is about and how you operate in the culture pertaining to the kingdom. Yeah. So I admire you for that. Well, thank you. Well, I'm definitely a fan of Stuffed Wings. Me and my cousin Brittany, who has been helpful with this movement, visited your food truck, and the wings were outstanding. Oh, thank you. I had the boudin stuffed wings. I didn't get the mac and cheese one, so I got to get some of those. Everyone loves the mac and cheese one. Uh, They were sold out that day, so I guess that's why. Yeah. Did you try the shy sauce? I no, y'all were out of that too. I got See, the buffalo sauce. You got the buffalo sauce, okay? Yeah. yeah. See, the shy sauce and the mac and cheese is like the favorite. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so I, gotta I gotta get back. Yeah, I gotta carry a ton load of that. Yeah, it was sold out, so I was like, oh, it must be good. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jared, tell us a little bit about yourself. In the intro, I talked about how we met at church, but mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and then a bit about stuffed wings. Okay, so. I'm born here, born, raised here in Houston, Texas. Grew up on the south side of Missouri City. Went to Riller Ridge High School, class of 2006. Graduated from there and went into engineering. Um, yeah, so I went into engineering. I didn't know what field of engineering I wanted to go into, so I started off with electrical. And I started off with a, a vocational degree, mm-hmm. coming right out of high school with computer-aided drafting. Okay. So I did computer-aided drafting for about two years. And the only reason I got introduced to that was because of my mom. I was playing football and basketball. I was really good at football, but I got hurt, and I started playing basketball. And my mom had a, a real talk conversation with me. She was like, son, you're not that great in basketball. Your mom told yeah, you Yeah, my mom told Usually me Usually the moms are like, yes, my son the best, like whether you're <laughs> good or bad. But your mama kept it real. Yeah, she kept it real <laughs> with me. She was like, son, you're not that great. Because she grew up with Clyde Drexler. Okay. I'm know. not familiar with Clyde Drexler. I'm yeah. sure our basketball or sports fanatics are, but right. tell me who Clyde Drexler is. Clyde Drexler is like a Houstonian famous for U of H. He graduated from U of H with um, Olajuwon. He won the Final Four and NCAA championship for University of Houston. Mm-hmm. And Clyde Drexler went to Jack Yates High School. 
right there in Third Ward. Yeah. And, and, you know, they're known for state championships as well. So she grew up in that whole culture. She was around that, that generation. So she's seen it. And she's seen the college scouts and all that going to their houses, sending them mails and stuff like that. So she was like, you know, they're not doing that right now. You in the, I think I was like in the 10th grade in my second semester. And she was like, by now, you should already know what college you're going to, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. So she was like, let me introduce you to computer aid drafting. This is what she did when she was in, I think, like in college. So she introduced me to that. And she was like, you know, just see what it's about. So I went into that. And then I kind of just stuck with it. And I, I always drew as a kid. First thing I would start drawing was a house. So I was really into architectural type of things. Mm-hmm. And so I did that for about two years, graduated with that, and went into college. And I met a guy that went to my old church, and he was a computer aid drafter, but he was in piping. And he was like, hey, go to this open house at this corporation called Floor. Floor Corporation is like the biggest EPC company, which is engineering procurement construction company for oil and gas. And they had an open house. He said, go to it. And I was like, man, all I got is this little certificate and my house had just caught on fire so I couldn't find my certificate so he was like all you got is your word you know so I went interviewed with this guy and it was a Caucasian guy and he told me he was like you're out of your league you shouldn't even be here you know he said come back when you get a little bit more experience and I'm like okay so I went from him and went to another guy maybe a couple tables down and he was an older African-American gentleman, and he looked at me. He said, man, you seem like a great young man. Let me see your resume. All I had on my resume was the little retail jobs that I worked for, but I had my certificate name on there, what I had. He was like, you know what? You're a great fit for this new program that we're getting ready to start, and they haven't done that program in 20 years. So I got into that program. By the skin of my teeth, I got in there, and then I passed with flying cars like a 3.5. Wow. Yeah, it was a very accelerated program. Okay, so was it for engineering or was it for like the computer? It was from it was for electrical engineering design. Okay. So electrical engineering designers work in computer aid drafting software. Okay. Okay. So I did that for about ten years. Wow. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yes. That's incredible. I know. I've been doing it ever since high school. Ever since I was like nineteen years old. Wow. Okay. So you did that for ten years. How did you get into the food truck business? I've always had a passion for a restaurant. Ever since I was a little boy, I always said, you know, Mom, we would go to Ryan's Cafe, mm-hmm. and she would take us there on Sundays. I'm like, you know, I wish I could spend a night here, you know. <laughs> so I always had a passion for food, and I always wanted to own my own restaurant, but I didn't have the capital or the knowledge to get there. So I met my, my wife, which was my girlfriend at the time, back in 2005, and her mom had the same passion as I did. So she ventured off and started her own business called Funnel Cakes and More. So I started working for her, and that gave me exposure, you know, on how to operate a small business on small capital with small inventory and all that. So working with her gave me, it kind of fueled my passion. And I was like, you know what, I can, I can do this. So I started looking at other things like Subways, McDonald's, which were really out of my resources because most of those corporations want you to be established. And most people that was my age don't have that type of background or have parents that have capital or network that can get you those things or assets to those things, you mm-hmm. know. So when you said you were looking at Subways and McDonald's, were you looking at owning them? Yeah, owning franchising. Okay. So when you look at the franchising paperwork for those, they want you to have a net worth of maybe $2 million 
you know, or assets of 500K in the bank that you can go grab. Mm-hmm. Most people that I know don't have those type of things. <laughs> Me either. You know? Just sitting around with 500K. We yeah. We doing a whole bunch with that. <laughs> For real. Okay. That's interesting. So you, but you, you looked at Subway, you looked at McDonald's, mm-hmm. and you had the exposure to your now wife's mm-hmm. mom's business. Correct. Okay. And so... How did you decide Stuffed Wings should be a food truck and not an establishment like mm-hmm. McDonald's or Subway at this point? At this point. So Stuffed Wings is not my first food truck. Oh, okay. Yeah. I did a, a partnership with another guy here in Houston that has his own food truck. So I, did, I worked out like a little franchise deal with him, and it gave me the real exposure of how to run a food truck. But I also had working experience on his truck for about six months before I even owned mine. Like, he showed me everything from driving it to, you know, turning on fryers and propane generators and all that. And I was like, okay, I think I can do this. So I ventured out and did it, and I would say it was the most difficult thing ever because I had the – I would say I had the more money then to to invest in that, but – I didn't have the time because I, I was still a full-time electrical designer engineer working 40 hours a week with already one child, and I had another one on the way. And I was like, man, you know, I get off this job, now i got to go get on the truck and go operate. But it was so difficult because I was going at the hours where it was dinner, and I just it's like you study trying to build up your portfolio and it's difficult when you don't have the money to back up that time that's spent out there trying to build your business. So it's like you paying out of your pocket until you start making profits. So I did that for, it only lasted for about two months and a half, to be honest with you. And the only reason I stopped because my son, Jackson, was getting ready to be born in December. You know, I was like, man, if I keep going at this pace, I was always gone. I was never at home just for those two months. And I didn't want that for my wife. I didn't want that for my for my kids, for my children. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop this and put it on hold. If God wants me to get back in it, he'll, he'll provide another time for me to get back in it. Mm-hmm. And I just stopped it, and I spent time with my boys just because I wanted to be a father, you know, a part of their lives. I didn't want to be an absent father. So I stopped that, and I would say I, I became depressed but not even knowing it but because I thought I was happy in my mind. You know, mm-hmm. I'm making good money in engineering. I got my family here. So I'm happy, but I really wasn't. I was still missing. I still had that passion burning in me. And I will always keep looking up other trucks. Look, I was just always fascinated, still fascinated with other trucks or other restaurants and stuff like that, watching the Food Channel Network and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I stopped that for about two years. And I had a bad relationship with the guy that built my truck. I actually got my equipment that I paid for stolen. So everything that I invested in that truck, I never got back. Wow. So they kind of burned a bridge with me. I'm like, I ain't going back to no food truck. Don't say nothing to me about no food truck or nothing. Mm-hmm. And people that knew I had a food truck that was close to me or maybe friends that never came and supported me and be like, man, why you stop your food truck? Like, are you serious? You don't ask me that? You ain't even come support me. You know? Mm-hmm. It, so it was like, don't even say nothing about food truck to me. And then here you go with Stuffed Wings being born. So Stuffed Wings officially was born and up and running when? Mm-hmm. Up and running December 3rd. December 3rd the of day, the 2016. Day, 2016. Okay. So it's crazy that I stopped. My son was born December 3rd, and I started my new business, Stuff Wings, December 3rd. Wow. With my grand opening, HEB. 
out in Pearland. Wow. So it was kind of like I thought I was giving it up for him, which I was, but it's like God said, I give it back to you. And I did not expect. I did not imagine that stuff wings would take off the way it has, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. because it started off as an idea. My wife was like, we always ask each other, but what are we going to eat for dinner? And I'm like, what, what are you going to eat for dinner? You know? Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I'll come up with something creative. So I was just looking online, looking online. I was like, man, we love Cajun food and fried chicken. <laughs> Look, you, you're speaking my language yeah. now. All right, I'm, I'm all ears. So you love fried chicken and Cajun food. Cajun okay. food. I love boudin. I mm-hmm. love dirty rice. I love jambalaya. Yes. You know, I love beignets, mm-hmm. all that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And we love fried chicken because Frenchies, we, we all grew up on Frenchies Yes, here. Frenchies is awesome. Yeah, so I was like, man, how can I combine the two? And I was like, it would be great if I can put jambalaya inside of some wings. You just thought, like, it would be great to put jambalaya yeah, in. Yeah, I'm always <laughs> thinking about combining stuff together, uh-huh. you know. Okay. Especially with food mm-hmm. because I've thought about adding snow combs and chicken and some type of dressing on top of it, like some hot wings and some cheese. So it's like a, a waffle comb chicken. I don't know. It would be That would be interesting. I would have to see that come to Yeah. Life. You know, actually, I can imagine in my mind, but then I got to start playing with it. So mm-hmm. I've always been like that when it comes to food. Okay. You know. That's interesting. Yeah. All right. So you were trying to figure out how to put this together. Yeah. So I'm envisioning you guys one night at home and you just tried it. Is that yes. how it happened? Yes. Okay. Exactly. I didn't know how to stuff a wing. There's no way online that even shows you how to stuff a wing at the time. But to be honest with you, Stuffed Wings is, has actually been around, the concept has been around for maybe, I don't know, maybe 10 years because the Asian community does Stuffed Wings. Hmm. They stuff it with some type of Asian rice or something like that, but they take the bone completely out of the wing. Okay. You know? Okay. And keep the, I guess, the little wing tip intact. Mm-hmm. So I've seen that, but they, the way they do it, it took a lot of work. I tried it. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not that good of a chef with a knife to, you know, debone a chicken wing. Okay. And I was like, that'll take too much time. My wife hungry. I got two more kids that's hungry. <laughs> so I got to find a quick way to do it. Okay. So I just found some little easy way to do it. Mm-hmm. And my wife was like, babe, this is really good. I was like, okay. So we kept eating it for dinner maybe a couple times. And then a friend came over, one of our friends, Jarnay, who has her own business called Produce Almond Milk. And she was like, you know, this is really good. Why don't we just have some friends come over and just eat some eat some stuffed wings? I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then everyone enjoyed it, and then it kind of took off from that. You know, a neighbor came by and said, hey, I got a little small party going on. Do me 100 wings. I'll pay you for it. I was like, okay. And that's how I wanted to keep it, mm-hmm. just like that. I didn't want to make it a business because I, I felt like I was already hurt and burnt from doing a business. So I was like, oh, no, I'm just going to keep it just like this. My wife was like, yeah, let's keep it just like this. But I think in her mind, she knew I wasn't still satisfied, mm-hmm. you know, with just working corporate America. I felt like I had already reached the highest ranks for my age, you know, as far as where I was in my career. I was making making six figures. And she, she just knew because she knows me. We've been together since high school. So she knew I wasn't satisfied, but she wasn't saying anything but she was still fueling me at the same time. Mm-hmm. So she was like, well, babe, just make it a, a catering business. You can still be here with your family because that's how I am. I'm a family person. I like to be with my family. So she was like, let me strategize a way for you to still feel your passion, do what you want to do, and still be with your family. So she was like, just cater. Cater on the weekends. And I was like, okay, cool. And that took off. She was like, okay, let's, let's make it a little thing on Friday nights. 
but I still didn't want to make it a business. I didn't make it a business until after Prayer Explosion 2016 in October. Okay, so Jared and I go to the same church, Windsor Village, and it's an amazing church. I've Mm -hmm. grown so much uh, since I've started attending there. So was that, do you remember who spoke? Because I was there. It mm-hmm. was there was a guy from New Jersey, I think. Okay. Was that twenty sixteen? Yes. He I think he um Bishop Michael Pitt. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He was powerful. Yes, he was. Okay. That whole event is prophetic because I ran into a guy after a session and he said, Hey, you know, how you guys doing? How's it going mentoring the youth? Never met this guy. He don't know me, I don't know him. But he he knew that I was supposed to be working with the youth and I was working with the youth, Mm -hmm. you know? So just running into people like that, it's like the whole atmosphere is prophetic. And then I was talking about the guy, Bishop Michael Pitts Mm -hmm. from New Jersey, I believe he says something, don't miss your moment type of thing. Okay. And I had already started doing things with stuff wings, but it wasn't a business, Mm -hmm. you know, it was Mm -hmm. like a little side hustle. Like you say, side hustle. (laughs) It became a side hustle first before it became a business to me. Because I was still burnt, but during that whole process of prayer explosion, like God was like rebuilding me and molding me back and saying, You could do this, you know, I'll do it again for you and it'll be bigger. And I was like, Man, I never wanted to start a business from scratch. I always been like a franchise type of guy in my mind. But God was like, Well, I, I create nothing from something, you know. Hey, preach. That's true. <laughs> yeah. So he was like, Don't miss your moment and they had a food truck rally that next day at the at the church okay you remember yeah. that i remember they have it outside and they yeah. had like a lot of and i think they it's like it was carnival. like family day yeah. yeah i was like i think they had like different fun things and like mm-hmm. bouncy houses or whatever for people right like a family so mm-hmm. i'm like what a coincidence they have food trucks out here and, and my friends was like see jerry this could be you out here you know in your with your business mm-hmm. and i was like man i know what it costs to do a food truck i know all the requirements you have to have i was like man I can't see myself doing this. They was like, it's going to come. So I was like, all right, this is a business now. So me and my wife, we put our heads together. She came up with the logo. Anything you see digital as far as marketing, my wife does it all. Oh, yeah, yeah it's cool. I do. I, I follow Stuffed Wings. You guys should follow them on Instagram. Instagram mm-hmm. is where I follow you guys. And I love seeing kind of where you travel to and yeah. all that stuff. It's yeah, the really logo cool. The logo is dope as yes, well. Yes, thank you. Yeah. She did all that. I wow. mean, she does all the admin stuff for me. You know, she was stuffing wings with me at one time as well. She don't stuff no more. <laughs> <laughs> she like, I'll leave that to you. Yeah, she leave that to me and the workers. But <laughs> she came up with all that. And so we just sat at a table and we just kind of brainstormed so many different concepts at first i think we just wanted to name it just wings Mm -hmm. and she was like no she was like you just be like any other food truck you Mm -hmm. know make it say something that speaks more about your product so we came up with stuffed wings and then we came up with a design concept for the truck before we even maybe six months before we even had a truck we came up with design concept, mm-hmm. but we were starting off with a tent like we did at um, HEB 2016 in December. We had like a little regular tent set up and had our fryers out, you know, but it worked. A lot of people were standing out in the cold and rain because I was like, man, I'm having to cancel this event because it's raining and it's cold and nobody's standing outside. But just the concept and the thought of it had people standing outside in long lines, you know, for, and we sold out 
within an hour and a half. Wow. Yeah. I think I remember seeing that on your Instagram mm -hmm. at, out at Paraland. Yeah. So that's amazing. Like I have been seeing you guys have sold out and sold out, you know, yeah. Paraland or food. That's truck. my thing, sold out. If I only sold out, then, you know, I'm not satisfied. But my wife is like, you don't want to sell out because mm -hmm. that means you're not prepared or make the, the most out of that moment, you know, while you're there. But I'm the sold out guy. That's why I like to call myself yeah, being sold, sold out. out. Yeah, I feel you. So you talked a little bit, Jared, about how you worked 10 years, you know, in your engineering role, making six figures. And then it came to a point where you knew you weren't completely satisfied just at the career level you were at. You had right. kind of maxed that out. And your wife as well, she saw it too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of people struggle with this question, like at what point should I make my side hustle my full-time job, you mm -hmm. know, my full-time hustle. Right. So I know that you recently just made that decision in mm -hmm. terms of going full-time with Stuffed Wings. So tell us a little bit about how you knew you should make your side hustle, your full-time hustle, and what role did your faith play in helping you make that decision? Right. So I would tell a lot of people there are a lot of resources out there to tell you how to go about, you know, making your hustle your side hustle, your your full hustle. But it's not always accurate information, and that may not be your story. If you believe in God and that he has a plan for you, then just know that it's going to work out, and it's already done. You know, it's, we already, it's already predestined, so you just have to walk it out and always be in connection with God and discern those moments. So with me, we had already started Stuff Winks in December, and Come in January, we had did a contract with the church to do stuff wings on Sunday. So I was doing that on Sunday and still doing caterings on Saturday. And I kept doing that while doing a tent setup, which bringing out the tent, setting up the tables and picking up my fryers on my back, you know, to do all that. And then I was like, man, I need to get a truck. But my wife was like, let's just let the business prove that it could take care of that. So we always been in the proving process. Let, let's get from this stage to that stage, but let it prove itself. So while I was working, I was like, man, let me start setting up other engagements and start doing more events so people can know about the brand. So when we pull out our food truck, it's not like we pulling teeth. We already got our audience. So now we're just giving them more of a presentation, you know, and more consistency. So... While I was working, I was still feeling that burden, like, man, like, my phone is blowing up at work, my emails are blowing up, and my supervisor's down my neck because they see me answering my phone, they see me answering the emails, and it's like, I always want to work in operating excellence at work and for my business. So I kind of felt like, not condemned, but it's like, man, I'm not giving them my best. So I was like, we need to come up with a strategy of how I can leave my job and start operating my business. And... When I tell you God worked it out himself, what they did is they, they laid me off. I was a contractor. Now, some people say, well, I left my job. Well, I did from a mental standpoint, I did. But I had other opportunities to stay in the industry. But I was like, you know what? No, I'm just going to go ahead and take this. So I did. I left the industry to pursue my, my passion. Mm -hmm. So it kind of did it for by itself. They gave me the layoff. I was I accepted it. I did, I turned down the other opportunities, 
because one, I wanted to see what the business could really do full time. And well, really one is family. I didn't want to leave my family because the oil and gas industry in Houston has been down for the past three years. So it, it would require me to live in a totally different state. And I didn't want to drag my family with me to go do that. So that was golden right there. Like, I'm not going to do that. And then two was, I'll, I'm going to go ahead and operate this business and see what it can really do and take on more contracts that has been offered to me. So that, that, was, that was my strategy, just going by God's strategy. He worked it out for me. And that's what you got to do sometimes is just allow God to work out those situations, and then he can make it you know, apparent to you that you can go with this decision or that with decision. And some stuff is just like just simple. You ain't got no other choice but to take it. Mm-hmm. So, and that's how I like to be with God. Like, who is that? I think Gideon, the story of Gideon, God spoke to him, and he was like, well, God, if this is really you, then give me a sign. And he asked for two signs, and God met his needs in both of those signs. And it's like sometimes you got to ask God for a sign. Give me a sign if this is really you, if this is really something you want me to do, he'll do it for you. So with God being our father, it's like, when my son asks me for something, I'm not going to withhold it from him unless I know it's something that he doesn't need to go into. Now, sometimes we get upset when we ask for certain doors to be open. And we're like, man, God, why, why that door didn't open? Because that door wasn't for you. And I've learned just throughout my career when certain doors didn't open that it, that it wasn't for me. I found out like probably months later, hey, oh, that's why, you know. So we just have to be okay with God's decision for our plans. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, it's his plans, and he's placed those desires in us. Right, yeah. And I think that you you bring up a good point in terms of, like, God giving us signs, you mm-hmm. know, for, like, kind of when to move and really following his lead on that. Right. You know, whatever that may look like, whether it's, you know, voluntarily leaving a job or layoffs. Like, both can be blessings. Right. But it's like, okay, it's God in this, you know, and it's God ordering my steps for whatever the next move is. At mm-hmm. least that's what it sounds like yeah, kind of happened definitely. with you. Yeah. And you also brought up an interesting point, too. Like, that may not be everyone's story. Your side hustle is turning into your full-time hustle, and I think that's important as well. I listened to a podcast by Mylik Teal, and she's actually the founder of a subscription service called Curlbox, and it's for African-American women. But she's an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. She's had several different companies, but right now Curlbox has been wildly successful for her. Wow. And so she always talks about the fact that not everybody is going to be an entrepreneur. For some people, that might be their passion and their calling and the purpose that God has placed in their heart. But for some people, it's not. And right. that's okay. It's yeah. like sometimes I think we can get caught up in social media, like glamorizing entrepreneurship. Wow. Or just like that's the only way to go. But I mean, even listening to you, you worked for a company for 10 years in an right. industry. Like, yeah. you didn't just say, oh, I'm going to just completely be an entrepreneur. And it sounds like there was value in not only working in that industry, but mm-hmm. also working for your wife's mom, right. working in that partnership for that time period, you mm-hmm. know, in terms of learning and building your skill set. So it sounds like. Working for someone else is not always, like, a bad thing, or entrepreneurship isn't always the answer. Yeah, I hate those little Instagram texts that people make about, you know, working for nine-to-fives. They make nine-to-fives seem bad, but somebody has to do it. If you have your own corporation, somebody can work a nine-to-five for your company, Mm -hmm. and it's helped building your dream. Mm -hmm. 
So another thing about Instagram, Instagram could be, or social media could be a good thing or a bad thing, but entrepreneur life is not all that grand and glitter. It's not always sitting on the beach, you know, type of thing. Mm -hmm. Some days you have some really rough days and some days you have some really glorious days. Mm -hmm. And I experienced that myself as an entrepreneur and still having a corporate job. It's like the Bible says, the wheat and the tare grows together. There's harvest, but the laborers are few. Like, I have so much work out here, but I don't have the labor to to meet the needs. But it's fine because I, I, I'm still a small businessman. I want to grow larger, but, you know, I'm taking it step by step. And you got to be okay with taking small steps. Not everything's going to be a big jump. Mm-hmm. Um, who's the lady that, I can't think of her name, that started the, the spandex? The, not spandex, but Spanx. Spanx. Yes, I can't remember her name, but I think they did. I don't know if you listened to a podcast called How I Built This. Mm-mm. It's an NPR podcast. It's really good, but it basically talks to entrepreneurs yeah. and how they built their companies, and I believe her story was on there with how she built Spanx. So. Yeah, it's because it's, it's, I read her story not too long ago, maybe three weeks ago, how she started in her home, and she still had her corporate job. And the thing about still having your corporate job and having your hustle on the side, your corporate job takes care of everything else at home. A lot of people don't realize when you become an entrepreneur, your business takes care of everything else at home. Now, if you had a still have a corporate job, at least you know everything at home is taken care of from your 40-hour your a week job. And everything else through your business is going straight to your business, investing more into your business, not just going to go buy more stuff at the mall type of thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what a lot of people, I guess, in our generation see having another side hustle as going to go buy more stuff. But I'm trying to plan it for my future. Yeah. I want to leave something for my sons to have and their and their children as well. Mm-hmm. I want them to look back and say, hey, mom and pop, you know, they looked out for us. They worked hard. Now look what we have now. Let's maintain this legacy. Yeah. So, you know, we've talked a lot about family. And so, I'm curious in terms of how you've been able to find this balance or mm-hmm. or not, you know, like how you're able to balance and manage kind of family life, entrepreneur life, mm-hmm. your faith and going to church and attending prayer explosions. Like yeah. how has that been? Well, it, it has been a, a huge challenge, I will say. Family always comes first. What I do is my family comes with me, you know. So if I'm prepping, they with me. I'm going to go do an event there with me. I have to have my wife with me at an event. She gives me the the biggest security in the world. Even though we still have small children, sometimes she's not there. But having her there still feels like a part of me is is with me, you know. So my, my children are always with me. We spend time together all the time. So I know in my mind that I'm doing my job as a father and a husband, spending time with my kids. When it comes to ministry work, I just prioritize. I don't try to put too much on myself because you can see a need, but if it's if you're not called to do it, then you're just you'll just be a burden to that need. So I just volunteer where I'm needed, and if I feel like I have some extra time, I'll do it as well. Mm-hmm. But my family comes with me with my faith, mm-hmm. so they're with me. They're with me. They're with me with ministry. Mm-hmm. So, and I do Bible study on on Wednesday night. I don't teach every Wednesday night so because I know my schedule, you know, it fluctuates. So I just don't put that pressure on myself. And it, it, it has been really challenging, especially this year, having a newborn baby and starting a business. So it's like I had two babies at the same time. It's, it's been times where I was like, man, why did I do this to myself? But it's like 
he can't go nowhere, but this business can. It's like I'll sacrifice this business, push that away for my son, but I know God is giving me the strength to do it. And it's been pretty good so far, especially with the, the progress that we've made over the past one year from in our kitchen to a tent to a truck. Yeah. I'm like, where are we going to next? You yeah. know, yeah. You know, so it's been a lot of work, but it's been rewarding at the same time. We're getting ready to walk in a big contract with U of H to be on campus. Look at God. I know. I, I look. <laughs> and then it's, it's, it's already it's done. It's already done. It's already done. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So what are those, I mean, you talked about how it's, it can be challenging, but those triumphs too. Do you have any scriptures or kind of your mm-hmm. go-to in either challenging times or yes. great times that you kind of turn to in those moments? Yeah, uh, Matthew 6 and 33 is my favorite scripture. Seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added unto you. Yes. So I see God in everything. So when I do business deals, I meet a person and then I go on a fast. I'll never make a decision on the spot. I always pray about it. Uh, I ask wise counsel because you always get wolves in sheep clothing. I get a lot of people that look like they have a lot of money and they might have a lot of money, but they may not be good for me. And my wife, who is very protective over me and the business, she was like, I know what you have is a million dollar idea. We're not going to give it away to somebody that has the resources, even though we don't have it right now, we'll have it later, but we're not going to settle for, for less right now. So I always see God and he always reveal those people to me. He always, it, it comes over time, but because I never want to judge somebody before their time. That's one of our prayers that me and my wife have. We have a prayer for our business. We wrote it out. We prayed every Sunday night. Wow. And we, it's, we just, it's just declarations over the business and meeting new partners. But it's one part they say, let us not judge no one before their time. So sometimes we can tell what a person about from the beginning. Sometimes we, we can't especially for me because I don't want to judge somebody, but my wife, she can just discern really fast. And we met one person, and it didn't work out, but I didn't learn until later on that it, it was not going to work out, but she knew from Jump Street. But she let it play out. You know, she let it um, let that person show its fruits. So, and a person, they show your fruits over time. You yeah, know? yeah. And, I mean, even the Bible talks about that, you know, they'll know us by the fruit that we bear. Oh, yeah, most so definitely. So that's, yeah, yes. right on point. So in what ways have you grown or has your faith been tested in this last year going from kitchen to mm-hmm. tents to food trucks or yeah. even before then? But, I'm, you know, yeah. as you're growing stuffed wings, like how has your faith been tested My or how God. have you grown? <laughs> My faith has been stretched so much. But, like, when you've been stretched, you you be thinking that God is trying to kill you. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I can identify. It's like, yeah. all right, God. Go yeah, <laughs> like, are you? Can I really go out that far? Right. Like, I have really become very familiar with the Israelites, their whole story. Because for the longest, I have been very judgmental about the Israelites just throughout my life. What I heard about them, like, why y'all complaining? Y'all going to land flowing with milk and honey? But it's like, it's been times when I when I've been like, can I go back to Egypt? Can I go back to corporate America? I know what I was making over there. I know. The hours, I know the salary, I know the benefits. I, I was very comfortable in corporate America. But it's like, God said, I'm trying to take you here. So with them complaining, I was like, I see why they're complaining. You know, because I look at my bills and I look at what I've made. And I'm like, oh, okay, God, you know. So it's really like God has placed certain things into our laps at the right moment. 
So he's like, I want to be your supporter. I want to be your provider. And right now, I would say that Stuff Wings is in the wilderness, but we're going through the wilderness to get to the land of milk and honey. Yeah, so I like that. And I think the key is going through. Going through it. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I say the wheat and the tear grows together. Mm-hmm. So it's like you you feel like you're being ripped apart, but the but the wheat, the the fruit, the the grain is growing with it. Mm-hmm. So it's like you just have to stick with it, and there's a harvest after it. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So I, I love how you put that, and I hear you talk a lot too, just kind of throughout this whole conversation. Not only how faith has played a role, but your mm-hmm. family, like your wife and your boys, mm-hmm. and and church, and I'm sure friends. So mm-hmm. how have they kind of supported you? Oh my God. I mean, they've been 100. I mean, it's it's amazing how God, you know, lines me up with a woman whose mother has the same passion as I did. So throughout that whole 10 years of working in corporate America, I was working with her small business on weekends, making funnel cakes. I mean, carrying gallons of funnel cakes a mile to her tent or whatever. So I had lots of years of experience to see her go through ups and downs in business and how to operate business and what type of insurance you need, what type of regulations the city require you to have. I think that's amazing in itself and how God lined that up. So it's like my family has the knowledge and the, and the resources to help me pursue this business. And the church has been, oh, my God, I mean, the church was the number one customers when I started at HEB. Everyone else was just looking at them like, Oh, if they stand in line, I'm going to go ahead and stand in line, too. Mm-hmm. So I built my relationship or built my customer base on my support system. Mm-hmm. And at first, I was like, you know what? If family going to support me, I really it's, it's really not no business. And he was like, somebody told me, it was like, well, your family is going to support you and tell their friends about your business. So he was like, that's how it starts sometimes. Your family is your biggest supporter at the beginning of your business. And if you have a great product, family going to tell you if it's bad or if it's they're going to tell you if it's good. Or if you can't play basketball. If you can't play basketball, right. (laughs) That's real. (laughs) And I was like, I'm glad my mom told me that because, Mm -hmm. you know, I went into a a field that that provided a good living for me and my wife and my kids. And it it taught me a lot of things about corporate, about, you know, strategic planning and all that and Mm -hmm. execution and having core values and all that type of thing. Mm -hmm. I was like, I see why these companies have these values because they're trying to build culture. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing you have to do for your own business to build a culture. Whatever those values are, put it, make it around your culture. Yeah. Make it a culture. Absolutely. We're coming to the end of our podcast, but you are full of wisdom. Oh, and I've you. learned so much. I know our listeners have learned so much. So are there any last things that you would leave them with, either words of encouragement or resources that they should keep in mind, whether or not they want to pursue entrepreneurship or even keep their side hustle if they're working a corporate job? Any last yeah. words you want to leave them with? I mean, this with? is Christ's culture, so mm-hmm. if there are any non-believers out there or never heard of Christ, this is an opportunity to download the information that, that's been given to you and be receptive of it and open yourself up to to God because he has a plan for you. You know, Jeremiah 29, 11, he knows the plans that he has for you, plans to prosper you. I know it doesn't seem like you're prospering, but, you know, the wheat and the tear grows together. So the number one thing is believe in yourself. You have to believe in yourself because if you don't don't believe in yourself, nobody else will. 
And how can you convince somebody else in a product that you don't believe in? So believe in yourself. Stay connected with God. Always seek God because he's going to open those doors for you. He's going to open those windows for you. And you have to be ready for those opportunities. You got to be able to discern when those are good opportunities and when those are bad opportunities. And God is a father. My biggest thing in life was I always seen God as some big, like almost like a Zeus, like he's looking down on me, trying to see if I'm doing right or doing wrong. But he's a father. He, he He's looking out for you type of thing. So and he wants the best for you. You just have to know that if you ask, you shall receive. And it may not come when you want it, but it's coming. You know, something great is coming, even though you don't see it's coming, but it's coming. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's my thing right now. That's my motto. Something big is coming for stuff wings, even though I don't see it, but it's coming. Yeah, I believe that. I definitely believe it. And I mean, just even in our conversation, like some things have stuck out to me that you've said, like mm-hmm. exposure, putting yourself in those places. Right. Like, You've seen what it could be. You've stepped and looked into Subways and McDonald's and what right. what it takes. You've been on food trucks. You've had that exposure. You know where Stuff Wings could be. And I believe that yeah. it can go there. Million dollar, <laughs> multi-million, billion dollar business. Yes. I believe that. And, and having that passion, mm-hmm. that's something that has also stood out to me from this conversation is your passion for your family and mm-hmm. your business. You know, so I know that. There's nowhere else it can go but up. <laughs> right. And Thank you. in the right moment. I think lastly, like in the right moment, that's kind of my takeaway from here yeah. from our conversation is that you have a moment. Like yeah. God has a moment for you. So yeah. and one thing before we go, mm-hmm. um, a lot of entrepreneurs or a lot of people try to get, I guess, their confidence from other people to maybe promote their business. Like when when you're a small business, you may want a t-shirt business. You may want somebody that's famous to wear your shirt. Or you're trying to get the attention of somebody famous to to promote your business. But with Stuff Wings, I've never done that to try to reach out to people that's, you know, well-known to come and try my business so they can bring in the um, the win, you know. But you don't have to do that. They, they'll find you. Mm-hmm. Because my first event, I when I did it at HEB, I was cooking the food. I was focused on what I was doing. And they say, hey, pastor here, pastor here. I'm like, okay, like, what pastor? Mm-hmm. They're like, pastor, pastor. <laughs> I was like, really? And I turned around. He had the most biggest smile on his face, Pastor Kirby John. And I was, like, shocked. I was like, really? I, I didn't invite him. I didn't send him no email or nothing. He just heard about it, and he came. His son told him about it. And pastor's a very family person as well. So his son said, hey, Dad, I want to go check out a Mr. Jared food truck or my tent set up at the time at H-E-B. And he took his son. He didn't know what to expect. And he seen the long line and the people standing in the rain. And Pastor is a guy full of wisdom and full of influence, you know. So those people of influence and have large platforms, they're going to come. Mm-hmm. You just have to be patient and do do your work. That's what I was doing. He called me while I was working. So he know I ain't trying to fake nothing out you know i'm about business yeah that's awesome well where can people find you we talked about these wings so can you give us just a quick snapshot of what's on the menu and where can people find you if they want to taste correct right so if you want to see our menu or or learn more about stuff wings you go to www.stuffwings.com and you can also check out our social media page stuff wings underscore htx you can check us out on facebook twitter and instagram on our website, you'll see some of our options, which is boudin, dirty rice, 
mac and cheese. We also have seafood boudin. And we're working on a couple more interesting concepts that we're going to you know, come out with, with the chicken and waffle and the hash brown and, and maple bacon stuffed inside the wings so you can still have a chicken and waffle type of combination. Okay. And we have a thing called smoke fry, but people that don't want so much carbs, you know, trying to stay fit and mm-hmm. want to stay lean. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all know I've been on this health and fitness <laughs> journey. So when I get my stuff, th- I, I'm like, okay, I'm going to bounce it out with some greens. Right. Okay, give me some stuff please every <laughs> few months. Okay, uh, greens. <laughs> yeah, you got to do it in moderation. Right. <laughs> so you guys are coming up with some new concepts. Yes, you got to stay evolving. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Well, Jared, I'm just going to pray us out. All right. I pray for God's increase for your business. Thank you. And that his perfect will be done. I'm praying that he uses your testimony today and that it be a catalyst for others to put Christ over culture in their businesses and to keep God first. So I decree and declare increase over your business, your household. And I know that God is guiding you and he's on your side. So I I pray that that this is encouragement for other people to keep God on their side as they're growing their businesses. Amen. All I right. see that. Thank you. Yo, of course. So this has been Christ Over Culture. You know, you can find us on Instagram at Christ Over Culture, on Twitter at Christ OB Culture, and on Facebook at Christ Over Culture Podcast. Visit us on our website at ChristOverCulture.com. And until next time, I wish you much success in your businesses. I'm praying for you all, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye-bye, y'all.